You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolize Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to episode 80 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I am, of course, your host, Dwayne Steinel, not joined by Cully tonight uh, on the ice as per usual. Um, He's a busy guy uh, coaching the future goaltenders of this great city. Uh, But we have producer Steve here, uh, fresh off uh, his first two episodes, I believe, of uh, Where the Buffalo Roam, Steve. Uh, yep, two so far. I was uh, out of town last weekend, so I wasn't here to uh, talk about much. Otherwise, I would have most certainly been talking about the World Juniors. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, we're definitely going to get to that. The World Juniors tournament has been uh, a lot of fun to watch. Obviously, we all seen uh, what Owen Power was able to do, uh, which was very unprecedented uh, and only first time ever done by a Canadian defenseman in this tournament. Uh, was score a hat trick uh, against, was it the, the Czech Republic? Yeah, the Czech Republic. Uh, Republic yeah, I believe. I believe it was. Yeah, the Czech Republic. Um, and, uh, you know, getting three goals, I think two of which, I'm not sure if all three were on the power play, or at least two of them were on the power play. But uh, they were referring to it on Twitter as the Owen power play, which was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> just a lot of fun to watch that kid perform as well as he's been uh Absolutely, it's just been a, a, a ton of fun. Uh, the hype surrounding him is just going to get bigger uh, now, especially uh, more than ever after this tournament uh, and that hot start he's had. Um, but uh, also, uh, outside of that, um, a lot to discuss. Obviously, we're getting ready to come off this COVID pause. Uh, I know me and you, Steve, bought tickets for tomorrow's game after the big announcement of uh, the three call-ups from Rochester. Uh, Peyton Krebs, um, JJ Paterka, and R2 Rustalainen. Uh, very excited for that. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, with all the cancellations, uh, both up uh, across the border in Canada, and of course the uh, is the uh, Isles game is it the Isles Devils. Uh, I believe I it was the Isles Wings. Tonight. Isles Wings, they yes, got, sorry, Isles and Wings. Their their game was ca- uh, postponed. Hopefully that doesn't affect us tomorrow because I'm super excited uh, to go watch uh, the centerpiece of the Jack Eichel trade uh, in Peyton Krebs and see what he can bring to the table. Uh, But before we get all that, Steve, how was your Christmas back at home? Uh, My Christmas back home was pretty cool. Uh, Got to uh, do something I haven't done in over half my life, and that was actually a little uh, hockey on the ice. Um, I was staying with my little brother, up north of Albany, uh, 518, what up? Uh, and uh, there's some old buddies of his that have like a uh, like a homemade outdoor rink thing, but like they do it right. Like he's got boards, nets to keep the pucks that fly over from getting lost in the woods. Like it's a big floodlights, keep it lit all night. It's a nice uh, shed out back with a nice little fire stove to keep you warm as you put your, put your boots on. It's... That's it's awesome. it's it's a formal operation, you know. He's got like this little like mini. It's maybe like a hundred feet end to end, but like it's you know it's still an outdoor rink. It was it's as close as you're gonna get to pond hockey before it's like ten degrees every day for a week. It was uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I definitely learned I am incredibly out of shape, but I, but I also learned that uh, you know. The endorphin rush after uh, playing several hours of hockey is uh, unlike any other. It's better than a good night of drinking. It's better than a lot of things. Uh, yeah, hockey rules, even if you're terrible at it. 
<laughs> yeah, I uh, I miss playing, uh, you know, shitty hockey, as we'll call it, up north, but uh, pond hockey. Definitely miss a lot of that. I, you know, I need more than just my, my uh, once-a-week once a dose on Sunday nights at the Heart Foundation. I definitely could. Uh, wouldn't mind uh, getting back uh, to my roots and playing some pond hockey. I had a good Christmas myself. Uh, spent it with family. Um, got a pretty dope uh, banner, as you can see, above the Ryan Miller jersey, the odd. Uh, from the girlfriend, it was a pretty cool. Um, Ooh, Dwayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Dwayne. A lot. <laughs> um, just uh, just a lot, a lot, um, a lot to be excited about uh, after Christmas. Like I said, you know, it was it was nice to get away from work and spend some time with family. But uh, you know, most of all, really decompressed. We were a little on a little bit of a break here uh from uh from the podcast uh just kind of you know getting that time in that you need sometimes just kind of like putting the phone down putting the computer down and really trying to get away from it all but you know there's a a big year in review uh from two goalies one way we had a pretty good year uh especially when it comes to the guests um you know i'm not gonna sit here and pump my own tires but it was pretty cool to be the very first show in western new york to interview the first overall pick in owen power a couple clicks for us right um, you know, that was, that was awesome. We've had guests on like Clint Malarchuk, Steve Shields, um, you know, EJ Raddick, uh, Greg Wyshynski, you were part of that. It's been a lot of fun. It's been, it was a fun year. Uh, and we're going to kick off the new year, right? Uh, I'm going to announce it here. Uh, well, not on Twitter again later, but, uh, January 1st leading into the winter classic, uh, between, uh, was it St. Louis and the wild Nashville. Nash, or is it Nashville? I thought it was the Wild. There's there's a Nashville one as well, but is it St. Louis and the Wild that I play it was each St. other? Louis and the Wild, maybe maybe I'm wrong. There's uh, a. Can you look I could have up? sworn there's an. I could have sworn there's a net. Is it Nashville and Lightning? Maybe. Because I know there's like three. There's, oh, there's a Heritage you know, Classic between Buffalo and Toronto. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's it, Buffalo, Toronto, uh, and Hamilton. But yeah. Anyways, anyways, leading into the Winter Classic, you know the the game we're all. You know, we've grown accustomed to looking forward to watching on New Year's Day. We will be interviewing none other than not just the instigator, but the 716 insider, Andrew Peters himself, a very good friend of mine, agreed to come on the show. I'm excited for that. Um, No better way, in my opinion, to kick off the new year than the guy who, uh, you know, not just a class act, uh, you know, on on his own podcast after the whistle, just a class act human being, and I don't care what anyone says. Uh, he's going to join us. Uh, he's going to join us uh, January first, so that'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited for that. Um, maybe reminisce on his old playing days, maybe on his, you know his experience at the very first ever Winter Classic, and uh, we kind of we kind of shot the shit a little bit, and we were talking about maybe uh, bringing up some of the uh, stories from the old uh, Maple Leaf Sabers rivalry when he played. So a lot to be excited about with that, as well as you know other list uh, other guests that we already have lined up, which I'm excited about. I know uh, Curtis McElhaney uh, just recently agreed to come on the show sometime uh, in the new year. Uh, Dave Starman, you know, returning guest with NHL Network. He's currently covering the World Junior Tournament. Uh, a lot a lot to be excited about. I'm certainly very, very excited. Um, but, uh, you know, just getting, getting great into things. Uh, before we start, also, I want to... Uh, Send uh, two goalies, one Mike's, our, our deepest condolences. Not that it would get to them, but, uh, you know, to John Madden and his friends and family. Uh, obviously, in the last couple hours, we we uh, heard the, the heartbreaking news that, uh, I you know, football icon, broadcasting icon, and a video game icon, John Madden, passed away at the age of 85. Um, you know, You know, Hall of Fame coach with the Raiders. Obviously, we all know that voice from his broadcasting career, and... Anybody who's anybody who's ever played a video game, you've played at least Madden, and from any year at least once. I was a big Madden uh, guy when I was a kid, back in it's the true. PlayStation days and um, yeah. the PS2 days, and uh, you know I had every Madden game back then. You know I would spend hours playing that game along with NHL. So uh, condolences go out to him and a couple of clicks for the life and career of John Madden. Uh, absolutely, like Hall of Fame person, uh, and you know was really saddened to. Uh, uh, hear of his passing, but, you know, also grateful that we were able to experience, you know, his greatness and love for the game of football. Uh, 
in our lifetime. And I'm really happy that him, yeah, he was able hopefully to watch his own documentary on uh, Christmas Day that uh, I think it was, uh, maybe it was ESPN. I can't remember who did it, but uh, it was an unbelievable, unbelievable done, unbelievably done documentary. And I suggest anyone go and watch it. Um, but uh, very sad I'll news in the out. sports world. Yeah. But without further ado, Steve, um, let's get right to the big news uh, on the docket for today. Uh, find out today that the Buffalo Sabres have indeed called up center Peyton Krebs, R2 Rustalainen, and your JJ Paterka. And, uh, you know, they, they tweeted out the lines the other day. Uh, Paterka was on that top line with uh, Tuck and Tage Thompson. And uh, Peyton Krebs centering that right. second line. Yeah, I mean, uh, all it took was a very contagious variant of a very unfun disease to make it happen sooner than anyone expected. But here we are, uh, December 28th. And uh, again, my little brother's a diehard Devils fan, so I get the inside scoop on uh, anything Devils related through him. Uh, apparently, most of their players are back off protocol, so the overwhelming majority of the Devil squad is uh, pretty healthy. Even Blackwood is uh, off the injury injury list. So, uh, you know, barring anything horrible, we just called up everybody we need. Their squad's fine. I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but I'm I, I'm not getting too hopeful because that's what the past two years have been. But it's more likely than some of the other matchups we've got that this one won't be postponed. And again, it would be a day after my birthday kind of event. It would be amazing. Again, my today's my birthday. My dad forgot. Everyone at work forgot. Nope. They uh, they put out like an email blast at work when it's somebody's birthday, and they uh, they actually didn't do that for me today. And I'm actually kind of happy about it because it would just be like 50 people that I've never talked to at work just going, like, oh, happy birthday. What are you going to do? I'm like, I'm here at work, so I'm not going to do much. But uh, that said, yeah, I, I do think the game is more likely than not going to happen tomorrow, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I mean, if you've watched Where the Buffalo Roam, you know that Peyton Krebs and J.J. Paterica are some of the most dominant players on the Amherst roster. It goes without saying. I mean, when Jack Quinn isn't sick with mononucleosis, he is, you know, the top contender as far as points are concerned. But uh, I, I do hope Jack Quinn gets well soon. But uh, in the meantime, Peyton Krebs and J.J. Paterka have more than earned their earned their look. I'm glad it's coming. It's a uh, late Christmas present to everybody in Western New York. And uh, you know, even though it's not a it's not a done deal just yet, if you don't have your tickets, I would highly recommend getting them sooner than later because that price is going to go up. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited that we were able to get our hands on those for the price we did because, like I said, this is the centerpiece of the Jack Eichel trade. This is the guy that was speculated uh, to be a part of that deal for quite some time, ended up coming back in the deal. Uh, and then, obviously, the debut of Alex Tuck. Let's not forget about him. He's debuting, too. Of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 let's not bury the lead. Let's not bury that guy. And, you know, oh, my the guy God. Who, who had the biggest smile of them all when he got traded to Buffalo – which, if you think about it, is extremely hard to believe when you're traded away from a team that's going to contend for a cup to a, 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 a bottom feeder, essentially, like the Buffalo Sabres. But Alex Tuck is raring and ready to go for, for the Buffalo Sabres, and I'm excited to see him because that's leadership, if you ask me. And I hear he's been on a lot of the road trips, getting to know the guys in the locker room, trying to, trying to instill himself uh, as a leader right away. Um, and I know some people would disagree with me because everybody's high on Dylan Cousins being the future captain of this team, but like this guy just oozes captain material, like from every pore of his body for me. And if they were to throw the C on him next year, I would not be against it at all. You know, I don't care if the guy has been here for half a season or not. I remember when we traded for, um, for, when we dealt for Craig Reve, and I think they, uh, that they, uh, they made him captain almost immediately. The team voted on it. Uh, I might, I may have not even played a game to be honest, but uh, Alex Tuck, I'm extremely excited for him. I, I'm literally, honestly, because he is on a contract uh, for the next few years, I'm considering, you know, and I've been against this after the Jack. I'm considering getting a Jersey. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to, it's tough to see, say that, uh, you know, Alex Tuck isn't a, you know, of course he's going to be a welcome addition to this lineup, but I've never been to Vegas. I'm not a gambling man, but I have been to the Baldwinsville Diner, A-plus establishment. So I can understand a Baldwinsville, Syracuse boy 
being excited to get back up to Western Central New York. You know, yeah. he's back home. He's back where he came from. And I think that, uh, you know, it just kind of seemed like the amount of locals around here that were just, like, so happy to see, like, a Western New York kid come back home. I I don't know. I just think it's going to – and he's exactly the kind of player that Donnie Meatballs loves. He's that guy who's been working his ass off since the second he got into the league. And for whatever reason, he always seems to find himself as the odd man out on pretty stacked teams at the time. I mean, when he was getting pushed out of Minnesota, I, I mean, you can question uh, maybe you should have pushed out Dumba instead of Tuck. But uh, they made the moves they made, and then uh, Tuck got pushed out, pushed off to Vegas. And then uh, in this trade, uh, somehow, I I mean, I, I also can't potentially say that if you have the opportunity to trade for Jack Eichel, maybe Alex Tuck has to go. But at the same time, you know, it's not – the guy's fighting for every single inch of ice that he gets and every single shift that he has. And uh, that's exactly the kind of player that Donnie Meatballs would want to build around. That's That's that kind of grit and attitude. That's that I'm going to earn every last – pump of my skates on the ice when I get it and I'm not going to give up. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to fight every battle until it's over. I'm going to take every shot I can make. I'm going to make every pass I can make. I'm going to back check until my fucking knees shatter. I don't care. Let's go. <laughs> and that, and that's Alex Tuck. And that's the kind of dude that Donnie's going to love. And if he doesn't get the C, I could easily see him getting the A backing up Dylan cousins. If Dylan cousins is going to be the Buffalo Sabres poster child of leadership which I'm also not opposed to, but I have a hard time not seeing that guy getting a letter next season. But yeah, I first think, first, I, I, I think for sure he at least gets an A. I, I don't even think that's debatable. Um, he's already shown a very calm presence in that locker room without even, even you know, skating a single minute of a game. Um, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm very excited for Alex Tuck. I'm very excited to see, uh, you know, there's been a lot of hype around J.J. Paterka and how far he's come since we watched him at the last year's World Juniors and how well he performed with Stutzel uh, for uh, Team Germany. Um, or Stutzla. Stutzla, Stutzla. Yeah. Um, And obviously, again, we, you know, we didn't know a ton about Peyton Krebs uh, coming into that trade. We've seen quite a bit, you know, his ability uh, to obviously not – it took – you know, he, he, he didn't get going right away. It took him a few games, but once he did, man, he really turned it on for Rochester. And then we all know what R2 Rustalainen brings to the table. Um, you know, it's been debatable, debated quite a bit whether or not he should have uh, stayed up with Buffalo rather than go back to route on to Rochester <laughs> for the likes of guys like Hayden and Cody Eakin and, uh, you know, Mark Jankowski, just name a few guys that have uh, been up for, with, with the club instead of a guy like uh, R2 Rustalainen who brings a very – a lot of different uh, dimensions to his game that maybe those guys don't offer, especially when it comes to speed. Um, you know, yeah, I, but I'm excited to see all three of these, four of these guys in the, in the, in the lineup tomorrow night, as long, you know, knock on wood, fingers that, crossed that this game does not get, po- get postponed tomorrow. Absolutely. And, uh, as far as our two roots and lining goes, um, I, I, I wouldn't give it too many knocks on Mark Jankowski. The few, the small sample size that we've seen, he's, he's a very, very He's very good when in whatever situation. He's like that Swiss Army knife kind of player. He's going to be good wherever you put him. You know, if you need him to just go do some wall battling, dumping and chasing, just wearing the wearing some other line down while you cycle in the better offenseman, he's going to be able to do it. It's going to be great. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, just uh, I want to say it was a play that he made to Erasmus Asplund in one game that led to a goal, or maybe it was Gergensen's, but he was just. It was just like a single-handed effort for like 30 seconds to just keep fighting for the puck, to keep maintaining the puck, make enough space for himself to make the open pass, to finally find the guy who buried it. And, uh, you know, I th- of all the people that shouldn't be up still who are, I, I, I do honestly think that odd man out is John Hayden. And uh, it I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to surprise anybody. Maybe we got him because we wanted some physicality in the lineup. We wanted a little bit of a bruiser. Uh, I think he's been in maybe one scrap. He didn't really scrap that much. He checks a little bit, which is fine and all, but you know, there are other people out there throwing the body. It's not like, uh, it's not like three years ago, Sabres where uh, nobody was throwing a hit to save their, you know, it's like they were allergic to allergic to the plexiglass, you know? Uh, so I don't know. Uh, it's nice to see our two roots aligning back in the lineup, but, uh, if and when people start getting healthy again, I hope that he's not the odd man out that gets called back down because I do think there's uh, 
different individuals in the uh, bottom six of the roster that uh, should probably get the call down. Yeah, I, I definitely don't disagree with you. Um, you know, these this, this is a good opportunity for these kids to show, you know, what they've learned uh, playing professional hockey, especially J.J. Paterica, who, you know, you know, actually, no, all, all, you know, all both of them, um, you know, our two Rooster Landon probably has the most experience playing professionally uh, going back to last year. But Peyton Krebs, I can't remember if he got a sniff in the NHL last year. I think yeah, he got. I think he got a couple games. Think he did. Okay, so you know, you know, Krebs had a few games in with Vegas, but for the most part, you know, Roostalainen probably had the most experience. Um, you know, Paterka, uh, I think he played for the DEL. Did he play for the DEL uh, over in Germany? I can't remember which team he played for. Anyway, regardless, you know, after performing as well as he did. Um, you know, in the World Juniors in 2021 and now here, uh, you know, with Rochester in 2022. Like, I just can't wait to see that speed that he's going to bring to the table uh, come come tomorrow night, especially that top line with uh, Alex Tuck and uh, Tage Thompson, the pterodactyl. Uh, yeah, to answer your question, Jay did, did play in the Dell. He played uh, in 2019-2020. Uh 2019-20 season, uh, 11 points in 42 games. That was his first season playing against full grown-ups, so a little bit of a learning curve. Following year, 20 points in 30 games, so obvious uptick. This year, of course, we're at 20 points in 23 games in the AHL. Uh, you know, and that's also after last year's impressive World Juniors appearance. You know, 10, 10 points in five games, you know, on a team that uh, – did not have the the depth of squads like USA or Canada, to be sure. Uh, but yeah, JJ Paterka getting his uh, getting his first look in the NHL. I do believe that Peyton Krebs did. I I, I don't want to talk out of school, so I'm going to just double check here. Uh, yes, he did. I even had a few games with the Knights earlier this season. He had four games last year, Italian and assists. So he has already gotten his first NHL point. Uh, this year he's had nine games, didn't get a didn't get a single point on the scoreboard. Uh, only took one penalty though, so that's pretty good for a rookie. Yeah, not bad. And then uh, yeah, of course Archie Rustelin has been playing against grownups for a minute, just as an older guy. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the thing that's interesting about Rustelin is when he was here last year, he would just kind of seem like that Olafson kind of sniper, but also with like a little bit more uh, focus on his D game. But uh, in a lot of the situations I've seen him in this year, he's mostly like on the penalty kill, just primarily serving in a defensive first role, which, uh, you know, obviously you need those players in your tool chest, but that wasn't necessarily the guy I thought R2 Roots Landon was developing into becoming, which, you know, with a with a lethal slap shot like that, you didn't think that that would be uh, where he's going to make his bread and butter either with the Sabres or the Amerks, but, you know. It's nice to see that his, uh, I'd like to see a little more time uh, spent in the uh, offensive zone, you know, get a few apples, maybe a couple biscuits, you know, feed the poor boy. But, uh, you know, it's, gr it's great to know that his uh, defensive game is solid, you know. For a kid that's only 5'9", he wins a lot of wall battles. He's always, he's always fighting for the puck, even though he's, you know, sometimes getting shoved off it just based, based on his size. Like I said, I think I think one of the things I'm I'm most looking forward to out of the debut of these players, um, you know, from the little bit I've seen from Peyton Krebs uh, in Rochester, the guy has a very powerful shot, um, very very innate fit, finishing ability. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm a big fan of Paterka's speed, uh, especially his explosiveness. It's uh, you absurd. Know, yes, yes. You know, once once you think once you think you know you got him like that, he's gone. Um, and then with Alex Tuck, just that ability to have a guy that, um, you know, is really going to, you know, play hard in front of both nuts. Um, he's going to stand up for his teammates and he's going to really wear that Sabres crest with a lot of pride. Um, very, very excited to see, uh, you know, what he, you know, what he brings in his first game of the Sabre. He's going to come out out of all those players or isn't it going to be a player on this team tomorrow night that plays with more energy than Alex Tuck? I mean, that's why that, that for me, as excited as I am for Peyton Krebs and JJ Paterka, Alex Tuck is the biggest reason why 
I decided to go tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, again, he's that chip on his shoulder kind of guy. He's got something to prove now, you know. He and I think he knows what he's. I think he knows what he's walking into. Like he's a he's a lifetime Sabers fan. Like I'm sure he had some feelings when Ryan O'Reilly went out the door. So he knows what this trade is going to be compared to. So he wants to come back, and he doesn't want to be Vlad. He doesn't want to be Saboka. He doesn't want to be Berglund. Hangs out for ten games, and then you know, F's off for the rest of his career. He doesn't want to be Tage Thompson who takes years to develop. He wants to be like, oh, well, okay then. Maybe we maybe we didn't lose that trade after all. Or we didn't lose it as bad as people said we did on the internet. No. So, um, I, again, I think he knows. I, th- I think he feels it too. It's going to take a lot in order for, uh, for us to really even – think that we came anything close to not just you know not losing the the ryan o'reilly trade like i said in terms of it going oh no that trade oh no that trade we lost we absolutely yeah yeah you know it's just you know it couldn't have gone worse in terms of like the full calendar year after the fact you know stanley cup con smythe guy and then later on he's named the captain uh it, it just went terribly horribly wrong but in terms of like, you know, Sam Reinhart and Jack Eichel. I mean, you were never going to win a Jack Eichel trade. You just weren't. Um, as as nice a piece as uh, that Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs, you know, have could potentially be. Um, you know, had the situation been different, maybe Jack gets the surgery, you know, comes back, plays a few games healthy. You probably could have got a lot much larger return than what you did. Maybe you get Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck, and, you know, even maybe a Bryson or uh, maybe a Shea Theodore, because I think that's what he would – That additionally, I think that's what Jack Leichel would have been worth, is adding a guy like Shea Theodore to that deal that you already got. Or, you know, maybe two first-round picks. You know, I think Adams could have gotten what he wanted for a very healthy Jack Leichel. But, again, you know, let's not dwell on the past. Uh, yeah. You know, let's just look forward. I'm excited for, you know, what's to come tomorrow night against the New Jersey Devils. Again, knock on wood that we do have a game to play tomorrow night. Again, all uh, cross-border games uh, up in Canada were canceled or postponed. Sorry, and then again, the uh, De- oh, I'm sorry, the uh, Islanders uh, Red Wings game was postponed as well. Sorry, Dewey Crocs, unfortunate uh, for you. But uh, other things to discuss. Also, obviously, um, we could talk about Owen Powers' uh, debut. Uh, you know, we kind of teased that at the beginning. Owen Powers' debut uh, for Team Canada and his debut with the World Junior Tournament. Guy, uh, you know, had Twitter rant and raving yesterday, uh, scoring a hat trick in his uh, his first game of the tournament uh, and being the first Canadian defenseman to ever have a hat trick in this tournament. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's living up to that number one pick. No one can, uh, no one can say he isn't making an impact on the scoreboard. Uh, he's just taking what he's been doing in Michigan and he's, uh, doing it on the world stage. You know, not everyone's watching games happening at the Yoast, you know, not everyone has ESPN plus. You should probably get it ESPN plus, Love <laughs> but, that's, but that, but that said, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been amazing to watch him wheel and deal. And I believe, uh, Connor Bedard actually, uh, 2023, uh, eligible pick also got a, a Canadian hat trick tonight. He's not a defenseman, but. Canada no, is just there's Canada a lot just, of hype around that kid, man. As much as people uh, are hyping about Shane Wright this coming draft, the the, the hype around Connor Bedard is real, man. And to be uh, asked as I think what is he, sixteen or just turned seventeen, to play in this tournament uh, at this early of an age, that says a lot about the player. And I've been I've been Ridiculous. hearing about Connor Bedard now for two years, <laughs> two years, and I think I think he's like sixteen or seventeen years old. So. For a guy like me to be hearing that name for this long, I mean, as great as Cro- as not, sorry, Cro- uh, Crosby, uh, as McDavid was, we didn't really start hearing about McDavid until the like a full year before his draft, his draft eligible year. The last guy we heard this much hype around, uh, leading into a draft, you know, for this many years before his draft year, was Sidney Crosby. Yeah. I mean, you could maybe chalk that up to uh, people having a little more time on their hands to talk about stuff on the internet these past two years. But I think it's also just, I mean, at least that hat trick goal, my goodness, he just 
gets a pat, gets a feed right from the face off, does a little loop de loo to protect the puck from the guy chasing him, does a little deke to, you know, low key shatter his ankles. And then he rips it, he barely pulls it back and just snipes it top shit. Like, I don't even think he pulled it back a foot and he just ripped it. He ripped it like tissue paper at Denny's at 3 a.m. It was just sickening how lethal that shot was. It was so good. uh, Real quick here, though, you know, obviously, you know, I'll touch on that. I actually haven't seen the goals yet. As as you just, you know, eloquently uh, gave us details (laughs) about. But uh, I have uh, the video clip here uh, of Owen Powers, uh, all three of his goals. We'll play him here real quick for you guys, uh, courtesy of TSN. Knocked uh, down now by Borgol. Xavier Borgol. The backhand shot. Malik down for Fetty digging. The puck stayed out as Malik kept that in. And now a long shot. He scored from the point. Power. Malik was down. And Canada's drawn back with a goal. He's in the net. And now he's like, oh, I better get up here. But it's a short side shot off the one on his elbow. Back to power. Yeah. Power to Perfetti. You know, not to talk over these uh, brilliant broadcasters over at TSN, but uh, I just want to point out, like, just uh, especially I believe it's on his third goal, which got him the hat trick. Like he, like you're really seeing this. I think a different player than what we've seen at Michigan. Uh, we, we, I have been used to seeing Owen Power not not being Johnson, afraid to get, get involved offensively, like outside of just being at sitting at the point. Right here, but like, you know, he's getting he involved power, down low below the dots, uh, very willingly. Uh, I'm not saying that he, he has like a leash on him at Michigan. I'm not saying that at all. But it, it, it just seems to me that you know, with Team Canada, he's been getting, being given like a little bit more freedom to do what he wants, especially offensively uh, on the uh, man advantage. Back down to Perfetti. Ten seconds to go on the check. First penalty. Perfetti shoots. Bouncing puck. The Tavis back to back, and they score. Power again. Well, how's your first game in the World Junior Tournament going, Owen Power? Buffalo Sabres fans, what are you thinking? Here's Owen Power. He's got three goals here, a couple on the power play. He's going to wander down by the goal line, and when this puck bounces around, he's standing at the goal line on the on Zero the hesitation. This puck bounces around off the McTavish Great. miss. Thank you, says Owen Power. That line of it. How, do, how does anyone think that they can compete with Canada at the World Juniors? Holy shit. That team is just so good. They're, they're just so it's, good, man. It's irresponsible. They're good, year, though. they're good every year, though. That's too. Of course they, they, they are. They're always good every year. You know, obviously Team USA, uh, you know, took home the gold last year. Um, unfortunately, they had to forfeit one of their games. Two players uh, tested positive for COVID. Uh, I think it was today. They had to forfeit their yeah. game against the Swiss, unfortunately. Uh, hopefully that doesn't lead to more games, uh, you know, having to be forfeited by Team USA. Uh, definitely deal here with uh, agree here with <laughs> Dylan Baker. Canada is an absolute wagon. Like that team is so good and so deep. Goaltending uh, looks phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm a bit I'm it's a big fan. Big fan. It's uh, irresponsible. If they yeah. didn't basically invent the sport, I'd say it's illegal. <laughs> Uh, but I, like I like I pointed out uh, during the video, one of the things that really stuck out to me, just from that one game, is Power's willingness to get involved offensively, not just you know, you know, just driving play out of his own end, but like you see on that power play, he's below the dots. He's it's not like he's sneaking there. He's sitting there the entire time waiting. You know, not something we've seen a ton of at Michigan. We've seen little bits and pieces. But like it's, I'm not, and I'm not saying he has a leash on him at Michigan. Like you know, he, he that he's being told to play this certain way and being restricted. But it just seems he's being given a little bit more offensive freedom with Team Canada. Well, we got a question here from uh, Paramat Pictures. All that talk about power for Canada, but what about Isaac Rosen for Sweden? 
Um, I don't think he's put up any points on the board just yet, unless there's he been a game not. happening today that I've missed. Again, I was at work all day on my birthday. It's fucking stupid. Working on your birthday should be illegal. Uh, same with uh, Team Canada playing in the World Juniors. It's just not fair. It's almost unethical to every other country in the world that has to try to compete with Canada. It's yeah, just wrong. like, it's just like fucking Thanos with the what, whatever the gauntlet, you know, the thing, the thing with the gems, and he destroys the world or whatever. You get it, mm-hmm. you know, superhero movies. It's basically just that, and every other team is just like, hey, man, it's just like, come on, it's hard. It's it's just so hard. It's so hard it to is. compete against Canada in any of these tournaments. But uh, yeah, uh. But I mean, again, to be fair, that I, I I'm not sure the Swedish team has quite the depth of a squad like Canada or USA, or the Russian squad even. Uh, but you know, he's there. He's trying to make an impact. Uh, but uh, nothing nothing to report of on the scoreboard as of yet, my friend. Yeah, I, it is I not got different. any points. Um, that is a very good uh, Swedish team, though. So. It's maybe a little more difficult for a young kid like him to stick out right away, but I mean, we we saw it. Uh, we saw a lot of his highlights after getting drafted. This kid has insane breakaway speed. Uh, he's built for this ice surface at the on the Olympic size rinks. So I would expect to see some you know highlight real moments from Isaac Rosen at some point during this tournament. Uh, he, the skill is there. Uh, you know, the speed is there, you know, just maybe, you know, he needs to get a few games underneath his feet before he really starts to show his talent and why he was drafted in the first round by Buffalo. Yeah. Um, another, uh, another late pick in this year's draft, uh, Nikita Novikov, uh, over there in Russia. I, I enjoyed watching him last night. He looked very steady at the blue line, very physical, um, he, he stood out a lot to me on that Russian hockey team, especially I think yeah. he was the best defenseman on the ice. He's got great hands. He's got great feet. And uh, at that age, those are the two pieces of the equation that you really want. You know, the hockey IQ can come with age, but if you got, uh, you know, if you got feet or blocks and hands like spaghetti, mm, I don't know. I don't know, man. You can get, you can get away with having one and not the other for a minute, but eventually you got to have it all. Hockey IQ, good feet, good hands. Uh, usually, if you're a good, if you're a halfway decent prospect, you only got the one. Uh, sometimes it's just you know knowing exactly what play to make, even if uh, you're not the best shooter, you're not the best skater. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for a sixth round pick, uh, he's looking pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. just uh, making a lot of smart plays out there. He's you a know? big guy too, man. Like, you know, a big mean Russian defenseman. I love it. I love every second. I love it. Oh man, is he a righty or a lefty? Because if he could be like on the right side of Rasmus Dahlin, oh my god! That's like, a few years down the line. Yeah, yeah, years down the road, of course. But just, like, I, I, I just, uh, I just salivate at the thought of having Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin on our blue line, especially on that first power play unit. I don't care if they're both left-handed defensemen. Um, for sure, it's uh, you know, something to salivate uh, thinking about, man. Uh, you know, there are some people out there that say, you know. You know, Owen Power makes, you know, Rasmus Dahlin expendable. I actually think the absolute opposite. Um, I think having them both on your team, even if it costs you a pretty penny to keep them both at some point, I think you'd do it because having those two guys anchoring your blue line for like the next decade, I mean, come on. Not many teams can say that they have two guys like that under contract on the same team. Uh, Yeah. Uh, The great thing about building a pyramid, uh, you need a strong base. So if you have a strong base in Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power, what on earth are you thinking giving it up? You have two sets of incredible shoulders to build that team on. Like, what are you doing? And on top of that, we'll have the three growing goalie prospects that could – each one of them has the possibility of becoming the guy. What if we yeah. have two the guys? Then we just have a perfect, like, 1A, 1B tandem that just kind of, oh, you want it? Nah, you can have it. You're doing. You're on the heater right now. I'll sit out for a week or so. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming in two weeks. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah, yeah. You know. I got another uh, comment here from Je- uh, Dylan Baker. I agree. Uh, Jesper Wallstead has been uh, oh, yeah. phenomenal in that for Team Sweden. Me and uh, our newest oh, yeah, intern, got, uh, Carson. We were actually talking donor, about right? this. We were texting about this the other night. Um, 
he's been a big standout for Team Sweden. Uh, I, you know, the, the kid's ability, he seems so calm in that, quick feet. Um, you know, great, great. I, I, I want to say he was uh, in a Minnesota Wild draft pick uh, in the first round, I think mid to late first round. Kid has been an absolute stud. Um, just fun watching him. I love watching some of these goalies. Um, in uh, their Sweden's game versus Slovakia, uh, he carried Sweden on his back during that game, and I think he won. Uh, was it? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think he won MVP uh, of that game. Uh, three three nothing shutout win. Uh, for yeah, Team Sweden. shutout will get you MVP. Yep, yep. Believe it. I yep. I believe so. So he was he again a lot of fun to watch Jesper in that for for Team Sweden. Um, again, me and uh, intern Carson were tw- uh, were texting about it, and this kid is just he's going to be a lot of fun to watch for years to come. Uh, Minnesota fans should be really excited about some of the young players they have uh, on the team currently and coming up uh, through their system. Yeah, uh, Minnesota is always one of those teams that surprises you. You know. Uh... Some people are uh, making the claim that maybe they're uh, overperforming right now, but uh, you know, I, I I think they just have a lot of guys uh, for the most part that are making some reasonable contracts and uh, making more happen than uh, what you would normally expect a guy getting paid that kind of money to do. I mean, obviously, Kirill Kaprizov got his uh, very long nine million, his five-year nine mil deal, you know, but. For a guy like Kirill Kaprizov, who could just easily go back to the KHL and mm-hmm. have a grand old time, probably make bank, uh, you know, stay in the homeland. Uh, you know, took took a minute to get him to sit at the table and sit down and stay in Minnesota. But yeah, I mean, a lot of these other contracts, uh, you know, for like Joel Eriksson Ek, five point two five. You know, Victor Rask is up next year. He's only at four mil right now. You got that Marcus Foligno. Uh, veteran presence 3.1 like you know these are pretty affordable guys uh com- you know compared to the landscape of the rest of the league like some of your like top guys cost you a pretty penny and uh yeah i don't know it just kind of seems like one of those teams where like everybody is finding a way to contribute uh you know obviously Kirill the thrill is Kirill the thrill for a reason but it's not just the Kirill kaprizov show in minnesota like there are definitely many many pieces of that team that are working uh, so yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how far they can push it this year, you know, uh, a more, uh, quote unquote, normal postseason, as it were, but as, as of right now, they're looking pretty poised to, uh, get ready to do it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we still have half a season left to go, uh, a lot of games to make up due to postponement. A lot of schedules could be uh, radically different. You know, some, uh, some contenders might have a much easier schedule than anticipated. Some contenders might have a wildly harder schedule than they anticipated yep. just by based, just by uh, virtue of geography, you know, uh, maybe Carolina and Florida just have to play each other a lot to make up some games or, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Vegas gets to play Arizona a lot. <laughs> Cause they're right there. I don't know. You know, a lot of things could happen in February. Uh, we got to see how that one shakes out, but uh, it's, it's going to be an exciting second half of the year. And uh, it, the playoffs, honestly, it's going to be unpredictable. I, I, yeah. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't tell you who I expect to win right now. It's, it's, it's tough to say. Yeah, <laughs> I, really it's, it's, I really it's, don't know. It's definitely going to be difficult to, to predict for sure. Um, going back to Wallstead's shutout, uh, three nothing shutout, forty eight saves. Uh, Swedish head coach Thomas Monten on Jesper Wallstead for the uh, again Minnesota Wild draft uh, first round draft pick. He was terrific. If we're going to have a shot at this, he has to be an important component for us, and he really showed that today. Uh, and a lot of uh, analysts are saying he, you know, should probably be the runaway, you know, winner of the uh, goaltender of the tournament. Possibly even player of the tournament with how well he, how good he's looked so far, and if he continues to, you know, trend in that trend in that direction and continue continue that success, I don't see why not. I mean, you know, you have great players like again Connor Bedard being the first 16 year old to have a hat trick uh, for Team Canada in this tournament since Wayne Gretzky 
which is an unreal thing to say that there's another player that has the skill to do something like that. And mind you, the, I, I want to say Crosby might have played in this tournament as a 16-year-old. Actually, I want to say he did. Uh, so to be ahead of names like that in terms of this tournament, that's wild to me. Um, again, we've seen the obviously the first game of um, Owen Power for Team Canada scoring a hat trick in his debut as a 19-year-old. And, um, you know, other, other players, too, that have really stood out uh, for Team Russia. Um, God, I can't pronounce his name. Misha. Help me out here, Steve. Maitav uh, Mishov. Maitav Mishov. I know I'm butchering his name. Mishkov. Uh, scores uh, for team. One of his one of his goals were absolutely nasty for Team Russia um, against. Uh, I believe it was maybe the Swiss. I would say it was the Swiss. Yeah, the Swiss. Uh, kid has been an absolute stud. Uh, another comment here from uh, from Dylan Baker. Ivan, Ivan, Ivan. Best hockey name ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, oh my god. Their parents. I mean, they just. I don't know. How do you give? How do you, how do you give your kid the state? That's awesome. I'm sorry. That's awesome. That I feel like they lost. Their his parents lost a bet. He has they to play it. for Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo. 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 Yeah. Like I I feel like his parents lost a bet, right? Like they lost a bet and they said you have to name you have to give your name your kid Ivan Ivan Ivan. Like that's just that's funny. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. With that being it. said, though, Steve, uh, wrapping things up here, um, you know, again, just uh, kind of recapping things, uh, you know, obviously, again, Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck, and um, I'm sorry, uh, JJ Paterka making their Sabres debut tomorrow night. Um, Owen Power with an unbelievable debut for Team Canada last night against the Czech uh, with, a, with a hat trick uh, in the first two periods of the game. And he had a couple nice chances to even uh, to pot four goals on the night. Um, I mean, anything else to add outside of what we already talked about? Um, uh, maybe a quick prayer to the hockey gods that tomorrow happens because I really don't yeah. want to miss that. Uh, that. And obviously, uh, you know, we saw Brad Marchand's comments about uh, uh, the decision by the league uh, with the Olympics and going against the uh, the agreement made. I think the CBA. Um, I, I tend to agree uh, for sure. I think that uh, um, and I, I don't find myself agreeing with a guy like Brad Marchand very often, like literally no. at all. Very hard I, to ever find yourself ooh. agreeing with uh, Brad Marchand. But um, I'm trying to bring up his statement right now. Um, right here from, okay, right here from Brad Marchand. Um from his Twitter account, the NHL and NHL Players Association can change the rules of the CBA to add to add a taxi squad taxi squad so that they don't miss any games and don't lose any money, which has already been agreed upon that the players will pay back in escrow until the owners are made whole from what they have lost during this pandemic, regardless how many games are missed. Yet they can't do a taxi squad during the Olympics so they can honor the agreement they made so the NHL players can go. Please tell me that that's not bullshit. And for all of you who want to pipe back about forfeiting pay while being gone, yeah, not a problem. Let the players make that choice for themselves. I tend to agree with the guy. Like, if the players want to make that decision, giving up that money to go represent their country at the Olympics, I mean, again, that's their decision. I mean, you know, I, and I don't, and I don't. Granted, it would there would be a lack of. Uh, I'm sorry, it's about to die on me. Here before we wrap up, um, be, you know, before, um, sorry, before, uh, you know, I know there'll be like a lack of talent, uh, you know, with them being over the Olympics over here in the NHL, obviously with these taxi squad players. But again, you know, that's their decision. You know, I, I, I tend to agree with, uh, with Brad Marchand there. Um, you know, the Olympics comes around once every four years. Uh, this this could potentially be uh, the second time in a row we don't get to see NHL players play in the Olympics. Um, as of right now, it doesn't. It's not going to happen. 
But, I mean, that's not just unfair to – again, I, I'm a huge advocate of the World Cup of Hockey. If you can't do this, do it in the off season. I think it's a fun event. The fans love it. I loved it uh, back when they did it in 2015. But um, if you can get, make the Olympics happen, I mean, it's a very fun event, not just for the fans, but the players. The players love going to represent their countries. And I think this is the first time in a very, very long time Team USA can really stack up well against Team Canada and challenge them for the gold. You know, this might be – all I was going to say is that ultimately it looks like – it seemed like this whole thing was just a big business decision. I don't think Gary Bettman wanted anybody going to the Olympics at all. And, uh, you know, I think he saw an opportunity with the spike in Omicron, like the, you know, the threat that it could pose not only to, you know, the league as a whole, but also just to the players and just figured, you know, let, let's just put the big kibosh on this. I didn't even want them to go anyway. And now, he, you know, he's kind of got a convenient out. So, uh, you know, so clearly, you know, he can change the rules of his own league's agreements when they serve his wants. But if it's something that literally every team and every player wants, uh, well, I'm Gary Bettman and I'm in charge. And it just, I don't know. It's kind of, you know, the rules should apply to everybody. I think that's a pretty, uh, I don't think that's a pretty provocative hot take to have. Uh, you know, the rules should apply to everybody, even the guy who's, you know, the head of the rules. But uh, that said, uh, this is actually a really good question here. Who do you think will be on the move at the deadline for us, and who is untouchable? Colin Miller is absolutely on the move. If we can get a sixth-round pick for him, hopefully, goddamn Cody Eakin. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see if Robert Hag also gets moved. I think he only has like one or two years left. He's pretty cheap. Uh, if you're looking for some defensive depth, uh, that might be a smart pickup for you because, again, he's been eating pucks like Kirby all year. So, you know, very no-bullshit defensive defenseman. So if that's what you're looking for, that's exactly what you're going to get. Uh, you know, don't put him in a, you know offensive situation because, you know, he'll he'll blast a ripper that goes uh, 10 miles wide of the barn. But, uh, you know, if you need him to kill a penalty, he's your guy. He's pretty darn good at it. Um, so, yeah, definitely Miller, hopefully for a higher pick because he's that right-handed defenseman and that's uh, – that's a yeah, hot property yeah, right now, you know. Line and got to at the dead, yeah uh, in the off season, um, for sure. And not saying that's what you're gonna get for Colin Miller. Colin Miller had a really good start, tailed off with a healthy scratch for a few games. Hopefully, he kind of finds his game again, uh, especially now with these younger players coming into the lineup and seeing how long they they stick around. In my opinion, probably only for a few games before they go back to Rochester. But uh, again, uh, the more points, assists, goals. <laughs> that Kyle Miller gets that just, you know, increases his value at the trade deadline. You know, again, I, I you know, teams are going to value right-handed defensemen, you know, a lot higher, uh, especially as rentals. So um, I could definitely see a guy like Kyle Miller maybe getting you a second at the very, you know, worst, I think a third-round pick at the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, another name I could see potentially uh, finding its way out the door, and it breaks my heart because I liked him when he first got here. Uh, Anders Bjork could be one of those odd man out yeah. guys. I mean, especially with the influx of talent on the uh, forward end of things next year, uh, just to run through who is going to still be here. We're still going to have Skinner. Obviously we're still going to have another year. Pylock Poso, uh, definitely going to have another year of Tage. Going to have another year of Casey, obviously Dylan Cousins has got another year on his ELC, uh, potentially Krebs, Paterka, Quinn, uh, as you can see, that's like nine names right there. Mm -hmm. uh, Asplund's got another year. Uh, We'd have to have a conversation. I think Anders Bjork kind of played himself out of Buffalo, though. I'm not saying he hasn't played bad, but he hasn't really done enough to the point where he's like, you say to yourself, yeah, we got to keep this guy around. Again, I don't know yeah. what the analytics say, but I, you know, it, you know, guys like him, in my opinion, are just easier to replace. And I know, I think pretty sure Don Granado has coached him in the past with Team USA. But uh, I just – I don't look at a guy like Anders Bjork and think that, yeah, we have to keep that guy around. No, like y y you can you can replace him either in your pipeline right now or you can find a guy in free agency that you can kind of plug and go on a one- or two-year deal and get the same – you know, get uh, – kind of get the same, uh, you know, result as you would get from Anders Bjork. I just he's – he's just not a guy I need to keep. 
um, as of right now. You know, you know, I, I like his game. Again, he doesn't hurt you. I, I when I think of him, I don't. I'm not going to make a direct comparison to a guy like Jokin Hesh because Jokin Hesh had better goal scoring ability, but Jokin Hesh never hurt you, ever. Like you put Jokin Hesh out there, and he he never hurt you. Like sometimes he'd frustrate you because, you know, you'd see. He, he, I, I I the one thing I used to hate about Hesh was. He would get like prime goal scoring opportunities, like right scoring opportunities, like right in front of the net, and he would, you know, he would shoot it wide, shoot it right into the pads of the goalie's chest. But then he would score the most random goals from like the top of the goal line on a horrible angle off somebody's skate or banking it up the goalie, or the goalie would mishandle it and you know hit it. It used to happen all the time with Jokin Hesh. He used to drive me nuts. But again, he wasn't ever a guy that hurt you in your own end. He was very responsible in his own end. And um, I think Anders Bjork, again, not a direct comparison, but I think a little bit about Jokin Hesch when I think of him, minus the goal scoring ability. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's kind of been what I've been seeing all year. Uh, you know, nothing nothing wild and crazy happens when you put Anders Bjork out on the ice. But also, which is important, especially for teams looking to acquire depth at the deadline, nothing bad happens when Anders Bjork is on the ice. You know, he's not going to be the guy that makes the bonehead turnover that leads to Ovechkin and the gang running down the line and, oh, look, that, oh, oh, right, oh, shoot, he, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, fed it right to him. Mm -hmm. Yep, that, yeah, that's a gimme. Yeah, no, that, that, that's probably not going to happen when Anders Bjork is on the ice. Again, he's not going to bury a He's not going to have a, the two goal nights he had a couple times here in, in Buffalo, which were awesome, you know, all aboard the Bjork wagon. But uh, so, yeah, definitely Miller, probably Bjork, probably Hag, and in a perfect world, Cody Eakin. But, I mean, again, Cody Eakin's out of here by the end of the year anyway. So if he doesn't Maybe, go at the honestly, deadline. As, as much as I whatever. love, we, we love that high relate, highlight real save you made. Maybe even Malcolm Subban. I mean. It's entirely – it is entirely very possible. entirely possible. Um, yeah, you know, depending. I know they're kind of high on him, and they really want to give him an opportunity to, you know, make a place for himself here in Buffalo beyond this year. But he's definitely a guy that could be on, you know, on his way out the door at the deadline for any team like looking for depth uh, for their goaltenders. So, oh yeah, there's um, also uh, there's also Hinnestroza, who's UFA after this year. And uh, case in point, because I completely forgot that he exists, uh, Drake Kajula could uh, be somebody's fourth-line relief if they need that 13th man. Uh, just I, I, I just feel like with what's coming up in the pipeline forward-wise, you know, if you've got forwards that you can move, now's the time to move them. Because a lot of these guys are, you know, a lot, a lot of the core pieces are going to be sticking around for a minute. And... Uh, the kids you don't really need anymore. You know, most of them were league minimum guys anyway. So, you know, might as well give uh, those people with two more years on their ELC a chance, see what they're capable of, because, you know, you got to learn eventually whether or not they're uh, worthy of re-signing. So, uh, Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely don't. I don't think, yeah, Hannah Stroza too, Dylan Baker. Hannah Stroza could be a guy that's with the door. Uh, he's a guy that has scored a, 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 a good handful of goals here uh, early on for Buffalo. I think he has six or seven, I want to say. Um, yeah. Maybe making I'll... himself a point for himself to be a depth guy on some team, a, a, a fourth-line guy, maybe a, maybe a team looking for a guy who can maybe score a few goals and not hurt them defensively. I could see Vinny Henestrosa being a guy like that. You know, Maybe it gets you like a, a fourth or a fifth-round pick. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I Vinny I'm not going to cry, way. you know, crying in one river if Vinny Pindestros is still a Buffalo Sabre after the deadline. You know, it is what it is. But um, with that being said, uh, before we wrap up here, you know, we're coming. And then again, I mentioned uh, our first guest of the new year in 2022 will, in fact, be uh, Sabres alumni and current host of After the Whistle podcast, formerly uh, with the instigator show over at uh, that buffalo radio station uh you know whose name i won't say um andrew peters will be on with us on the january 1st new year's day leading into the winter classic uh but that before you know obviously 
with it being New Year's Day going into the new year, Steve, you know, any big uh, New Year's resolutions you're looking to uh, try and maintain this next year? Uh, is to uh, get back in fucking shape. Uh, after playing pond hockey for the first time in about 16 years, uh, I realized I am fucking fat now. Uh, it was only 100 feet of ice, and I was winded, sweating, bullets, just after like a couple hours of just shooting the breeze out there on the ice. It was grim. Uh, I should not have been that sore after that, but I was. Uh, yeah, so I definitely got to get back in shape because uh, it's kind of bad, you know? Mm-hmm. So that that's number one, but I'm also not going to be that guy who gets the membership and starts going January 1st. I'm going to wait till February when all those people give up after a month, and then I'm just going to stick to it every day. Because I know those people, they're going to come in, they're going to crowd my gym. I don't want to have a crowded gym. I also don't want to have to go to 5 a.m. just to not have a crowded gym. So screw that. I'm going to wait till February. No one's going anywhere after they get home from work in February in Buffalo. And I will go to the gym after work. I will be a real grown-up. And I'll, uh, I don't know, I'll make the two goalies one mic group chat make me be accountable on that. You know, maybe yeah, me and comms will go smash some weights. We'll definitely do our best to keep you accountable. Um, I gotta make that. Is, I gotta make that fourth line of the Heart Foundation next year, yeah, boys. Right, right. We we need you. Uh, <laughs> after you know we uh, we we lost last Sunday uh, after a big win against uh, Reimer Heating and Cooling, a uh, team that usually wins uh, the whole thing every year. We beat them in a shootout after being down with by two with like five minutes left. Came back, tied it, and won a shootout. Right, yeah, a couple clicks, stopped all, stopped all three shots in the shootout, no big deal. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, sound a little bit like Cully there. Uh, I don't care. Um, but um, no, my New Year's resolution: I want to uh, uh, eat healthier too, drink more water, and stop drinking five-hour energies. I drink those every day at work. I gotta stop. Uh, they're expensive, and uh, just you know, I think I've grown an immunity to them. It's more or less like I, I, I get used to doing that. So it becomes like a routine rather than actually needing it in the morning. So I, I just want to, I kicked them once before I didn't, I didn't drink them for like two, two and a half years. And then one day I was tired going, I was going golfing and I was really tired. I went and grabbed one for the first time in like two and a half years. And it just like started up all over again for the past year. So I'm going to start do stop doing those again, save myself some money and just, you know, start drinking more water and, you know, eating more appropriately. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe get a side salad with the wings. You know, no salad for me. No, 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 not never a salad with the wings. Well, maybe get a chicken, get a chicken Caesar salad. You yeah, know? Right. It's a little bit best of you know uh, what Hannah Montana say. Best of both worlds. Come on, mm-hmm. treat yourself. I. Uh, but with that being said, uh, this has been episode eighty of Two Goalies on Mike. Uh, for all you that uh, joined along with us on YouTube, we'd appreciate it if you went and subscribed on YouTube. Uh, search us out, Two Goalies, One Mike. Always appreciate any subscribers. Uh, likes, comments, uh, always open to any positive or even negative criticism. Follow us on Two Goalies, One Mike on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, this is actually our debut of broadcasting from our Facebook page, so hopefully that went well. Um, yeah, so and, uh, you know, looking, on forward, that. looking forward to 2022, um, and, <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of fun guests and, uh, can't wait, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of what's to come in 2022 from what I already know for the guests we have lined up a lot, of, a lot to be excited about Steve. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten a few sneak peeks in the texts. It's uh, it's been very exciting. Uh, twenty twenty two, big stuff. Uh, twenty two, Owen Power. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Uh, but with that being said, guys, this has been episode eighty of Two Goalers One Mike, brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case. Um, over on Georgian Boulevard. Anytime you want to get ready for game day for a Bills game. Uh, or, you know, game night for the Sabres, uh, be sure to get over to Outlet Liquor. Big win for the Bills against the New England Patriots, proving all the doubters wrong and taking back the division, and now they're in the driver's seat. 
uh, looking to win back-to-back uh, division titles. Uh, super excited for that. So uh, they play the Falcons on Sunday. Should be a lot, should be hopefully a blowout for the Bills. Hopefully, we'll see. I don't want to speak too soon of it, but I would expect them to win. Just so. for the record, I'm not going to be filming an episode of Where the Buffalo Roam this Sunday uh, because the past two I did on a Bills game day, they lost those games. So again, I'm blaming myself personally for those two L's. Yeah, we all blame my them. fault. I cannot speak on such a holy day. I need to I need to rest, and I need to let our Lord and Savior Josh Allen do what he does. Exactly. I need to back up. Back up. So. Thanks for joining everybody again. Episode eighty of Two Goalies One Mike. We will see you in two thousand and twenty-two, and let's go Sabers. Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies One Mike here to remind you that after you get done listening to the episode, which I hope you loved it and I hope you enjoyed it, please be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you are using Apple Podcasts, do me a favor, please be sure to leave us a five-star review and of course, write us a review. It goes a long way in getting us noticed and getting us some kind of recognition in this world of podcasting. It goes such a long way. And obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, at two goalies, one Mike, hammer that subscribe button, leave us some comments, show us some love with some likes. Again, it goes a long way and we really appreciate your love and support to those of you who have been with us since episode one. Thanks for sticking with us for this long. For those of you who are jumping on the bandwagon right now, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. We have a season of guests that are going to blow you away. Uh, this year for hockey is going to be big with them going to ESPN, TNT. We've already seen how great it's been just you know, they just got done with the first two nights of the season. It's been phenomenal. We get Gretzky back, Gretzky and Barkley. It's it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. So we are going to have so much to talk about this year. Thanks for hopping on with us. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we will talk to you soon. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.